0: This freshman class, which was projected to take up the majority of the first round of the 2023 NBA draft. Have they been good as advertised or have they been disappointing? Find out what Max Feldman thinks. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That is prizepix.com slash promo code Locked On. What is up? And I hope everyone had a great 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 thanksgiving holiday weekend i know i did i traveled to nebraska to spend time with my family it was great because i have a four-month-old son and it was his first time being in my hometown and staying with my parents so hopefully hopefully everybody had a great thanksgiving weekend i know it was full of basketball for me in in my downtime and my co-host for the day or my guest for the day i know he's been watching basketball because that's what he does he eats He sleeps, he breathes basketball, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. He is one of the brightest minds in this this basketball space, brightest young minds. And after the last episode that we did together, I received a text talking about Max Feldman and I even sent him the text and somebody was like, that dude is the, the brightest young mind in this game. So I had to have him back on. Max, first of all, happy holidays to you. Thank you for coming on again. And how was your Thanksgiving break?
1: Thanksgiving was great. Like you mentioned, uh, loaded with basketball. So it was a great, great week or so of of action. But uh, I appreciate the kind words. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. All right, let's just get right into it. This freshman class, which is projected to take up the majority of the first round. And I know that you have done extensive research on this freshman class you've known the guys or you evaluated the guys for probably four or five years. Now, what has your thoughts been so far? Are they disappointing? Is it about how you projected it would be just overall? What's your first initial impression of this class so far?
1: Yeah. So early on, um, I think naturally some guys have disappointed some guys, um, have also hit the ground running uh, a little bit faster than I expected this early on. So um, probably uh, around where I expected at this stage, um, I think things vary. There's been a lot of injuries going on, especially at the top of this loaded freshman class. So um, I think that's something that is too early to judge at this stage, but um Yeah, definitely been some big disappointments, some big surprises early on. But it's been it's been fun to track these guys and looking forward to it uh, as we get closer to conference play.
0: All right. Speaking of injuries. So Nick Smith, Jr. and um, Cam Whitmore have yet to play a game. Yep. And at this point, based off of what you've seen so far. Does it even make sense for them to play a game? I had this conversation with an agent yesterday. He's like, I mean, what? (laughs) <laughs> what good does it do them to play? Like <laughs> their stock is already pretty high right now. There are some guys who, based off of today, have hurt their stock plan. Mm-hmm. And from a perspective of an agent, like if you're representing one of these guys, you may have to consider just saying, you know what? Let's just <laughs> chill out this season. Because right now, if they don't play a single minute, they're probably top seven picks. And you can really only go down in a sense. There's only a couple spots you can move up. What are your thoughts on that? On that statement,
1: I think from the agency perspective, it's a it's a no question. It would be a sit out type of thing. I think from a player development standpoint, it's a no question to play. Um, I think the benefits of playing in college basketball, long term development wise, is there's so much sample size to it. I think it's a no question type of thing in terms of. Both those guys, Nick Smith and Cam Whitmore, um, obviously very different contexts. There's a lot of depth at Arkansas, a lot of guys, a lot of mouths to feed, Um, and vice versa with Villanova, just got finished watching their game. They've been very bad, um, to be honest, struggling mightily. So guys entering different mixes, um, but it'll be interesting. I think both of them definitely will play, and I think both of them, from what I've heard, are pretty close to coming back.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be totally different – opinions if you ask agents and 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 scouts or even front office executives because a front office executive i mean his i mean you can't say his job will depend on it but he has Mm -hmm. more at stake to lose if he gets to pick wrong while if you're an agent and they go top seven you've secured them exactly (laughs) their, their money and i mean really that's an agent's job is to try to make sure that their their client gets the most guaranteed money up front. And then you probably figure, you know, we can figure the rest out yeah. later on. All right. Let's let's talk about the guys that have hit the ground running that have maybe even surprised you as far as this highly touted freshman class. Who's the the number one surprise for you so far?
1: There's definitely a few. Um, I think the one that I've brought up to you multiple times has been Khalel Ware. He's been Mightily impressive to me. He was a guy that I was extremely high on coming out of preps uh, out of high school. I think I had him top three or four coming out. Um, and I think whether it's a West coast thing, people are asleep by the time they play. And maybe now with the PK 80, PK 85, uh, some folks were starting to watch a little bit more, but he's been so impressive to me. Um, grew up in Oregon fan. So was intrigued to see how he fit in there. Um, and definitely has a lot of raw facets to, ex- to his game. And that's something that um, was pretty well covered um, throughout the preseason. But I mean, he's hit the ground running. I I think I mentioned it to you that I believed in his shooting indicators long term and he's come out gunning. I knew he was going to shoot it, thought maybe we'll get up three attempts a game. He's getting them up um, at a high (laughs) volume and Oregon's been dealing with a lot of injuries and he's been able to get uh, probably a little bit more opportunity on the offensive end than uh, most people expect it early on, but he's been so impressive. The rim to turn stuff has been as advertised and better um, translated really quickly. So I think he's a guy that as the season rolls on, uh, maybe some people will, will start to stay up a little bit later at night to, to watch.
0: One month ago, there was a debate between Ware and Derek lively. I don't think it's a debate today. <laughs> let's, let's talk about lively. How much of it are his struggles Right now, are due to coming off an injury, maybe it's the fit, or do you think that he just was not as good as advertised?
1: Yeah, so I think to start, I I would say for me it wasn't very close even before the season. I wasn't super high, or just wasn't much of a de- debate for me. But I think the thing that surprised me the most with lively outside of injuries, obviously takes a few games to settle back in, but I think the fact that his role, his role allocation has been surprising to me. He's really just a role man at this point. Um, doing, doing some good things on the defensive end in terms of meeting some shots um, and doing some good stuff in drop coverage. But on the offensive end, it's been um, just stuff that I didn't necessarily expect as a strictly role man. Uh, he impressed at the high school level. A used st- on the UIBL circuit as a as a shooter from the corners from pick and pop stuff and really hasn't been doing much of that at all. So that's been a surprise to me. Um, Maybe that's something we'll see down the line. It would be surprising to me if we didn't see any of that at all. But, yeah, it's been rough so far.
0: Yeah, he's played six games and coming into today's game, which they lost to Purdue, he was averaging three points and three rebounds. And then he went scoreless today. So you can really make a case and say he lost money. All right. Let's say that, you know, the person that's representing, I don't even know if he has an agent, let's just say, you know, he had an agent Well, an NIL agent right now that is supposed to represent him long-term unless things turn around. We're talking about a guy that is not going to be a lottery pick. You can make a case and say, maybe coming into the season, he was a projected lottery pick, but I mean, he was the number one rated high school player, For, I mean, depending on the publication, he was the number one rated guy, but he hasn't helped himself playing college basketball. And it helps me. I can't help but think about what if he was in a James Wiseman type situation? What if he goes to a school like, I don't know, not necessarily Duke, but a school where they don't have as much talent around him. They play a very soft non-conference schedule and he's like the man. And then he gets shut down after like four games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> He'd probably be a top five pick, yep, right?
1: <laughs> probably.
0: So it's, it's very crazy how just how situations really impact, impact your draft status. All right. When we return, we'll talk about a few other other guys that have been surprising to Max or maybe even been disappointing. But let's talk about Toro. You may have plans to to, to book a car over the holidays. If you don't know about Turo, I'll let you know. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace with Turo. You can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. If you want to book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family trip, you can go to Toro If you want a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday, you can find them on Toro. You can also find affordable economy cars if you are on a budget and you just need to get from point A to point B. You can test drive the new electric vehicle that you have had your eye on and see how it fits into your everyday lifestyle. And many Toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every single trip, Is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. So forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. Once again, big, big shout out for each and every person that has made the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow with my guest, Max Feldman, one of the brightest minds in this whole industry right now. All right, Max, so we talked about Khalil Ware. We talked about Derek Lively. Is there anybody else that has as you said, hit the ground running that has surprised you so far?
1: Um, I think one that probably has hit the ground running a little bit faster than I expected is Anthony Black. Um, Largely, I think another product of the Nick Smith being out and being sidelined for the duration of the season so far has been Anthony Black sliding into a role that looks pretty close to what he was doing at the high school level. And that confidence obviously has grown pretty quickly since Maui um, had a great Great week there, Um, whether it's initiating offense, making plays for other guys, and defending three or four positions. He had a big-time week, and I think um, the confidence has been a big thing for him that uh, was impressive out in Maui.
0: Yeah, he's been hot and cold for me. The first, I think it was three games, I was not sold. I was really concerned. I thought the, the hesitancy to shoot, I think at one point he had just as many assists and turnovers, and this was against a pretty light non-conference schedule. Yep. He had the big breakout game against Louisville, which Louisville was, I guess technically you can say, might have been their their best, the best team that they played, but Louisville was bad there. I don't think they won a game. Yep. <laughs> so they've been – actually they haven't. I think their last game that they they lost after the Arkansas game was a was a huge blowout. So I was still like, okay – he looks a lot better. That, that was a big game on TV and he looked every bit as well as he had been advertised to be, but then he came and backed it up the the second game again, against Creighton. And so he has definitely impressed me. Um, it's going to take a little bit of a bigger sample size for me to buy into the shot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He's got a ways to go there. Cheering. But he was making them.
0: He was knocking down shots yeah. on, you know, when the lights were bright. And so I'm not 100% sold on the shot, but I definitely see like the the passing and just his role as a connective tissue. And he is like the weirdest, one of the weirdest athletes I've ever seen.
1: No, you're, you're exactly right. I've
0: never seen somebody that, I don't want to say I've never seen somebody, but you can't say he's like, like quick twitchy poppy nah. lightning quick first step but he get i mean even in high school he got a fair share of in-game dunks
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's still getting them in college and sometimes he looks explosive and sometimes you're like ah, i don't know if he has the, the foot speed to just blow by guys i mean he can still get to a spots, but very interesting athletic combination that he has definitely what are your thoughts on his athleticism?
1: Like is there a better
0: do you have a way to describe it cuz I really don't.
1: I think you're exactly right. It's definitely not a quick twitch athleticism and he definitely needs some space to take off. I feel like a lot of those highlight plays it's not it's not that uh, close space explosiveness. He needs some room to take off, but I mean, he's he's put together a few highlights already and I think um in transition, I think he has a his overall feel for the game is probably the biggest thing that um, is the biggest catalyst a- across the board, and I think his feel for the game athletically is a big catalyst as well, um, just being able to pick his spots and having a feel for um, how to explode, when to explode. And um, he does he does a lot of interesting things in terms of picking his spots athletically uh, with his feel for the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you give him a runway. I know yeah. you saw that alley-oop he caught like in, in a preseason game. And then, I mean, like I said, when I watched his high school film – you know, I'm writing down the notes. I'm like, I'm ah, not an explosive athlete, good athlete, not, you know, discounting his athleticism, but not like your, you know, super explosive, quick twitch, poppy. Totally. <laughs> but then you're like, dang, he had five dunks that game. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, if he gets a runway. It's uh, it, It's pretty impressive. What has been the player that has been – surprising to you as far as not being as productive as you expected them to be
1: um i don't think it's necessarily not what i expected but dylan mitchell's role in attempting i want to say four four shots a game has been um Definitely a little bit of a head scratcher. Uh, I'm not surprised.
0: I'm not. I'm not surprised necessarily <laughs> surprised
1: either. But I, I think I was hoping for a little bit more from him in terms of being in a role that he was doing a little bit more offensively. But outside of that, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier on, I don't think a lot of like the the issues in terms of guys in the freshman class have been necessarily the most surprising to me. I think the lively stuff. I kind of had a feeling uh, that could have that could have come um Amari Bailey I feel like his issues were something that uh we had a pretty good feel for was something that was a possibility as well
0: Yeah well what are your thoughts on Amari Bailey I'll be honest I was not the biggest Amari Bailey fan I wasn't a big Josh Christopher fan either Yeah It's I was well I put it like this I'm a fan of Amari Bailey and Josh Christopher if they are your go-to guys if they're in a yeah. situation where they are not in a complimentary role, which I don't believe that. <laughs> I mean, things, stranger things have happened, but I don't see them as, you know, your, your top dogs on the NBA team and they're going to have to play a complimentary role. So that's why I haven't been as high on Omari Bailey. What was your thoughts on him coming into the season and based off of what you've seen today?
1: Yeah. Coming into the season, I was pretty low on him. Um, I think, mentioning him here just because he was in that territory in terms of uh, recruiting rankings and he had that reputation coming in but I think I had him around the 30 to 40 mark wasn't a guy that I was paying super specific attention to this year but um, I think the decision making the lack of growth and progression in that area just always playing zero to 100 he plays at one speed and I think that's been an issue for him just make some really head-scratching decisions when he's attacking downhill and I'm just going too fast, and that just hasn't necessarily grown uh, this year. And the feel for the game is going to be an issue if that doesn't improve, especially at UCLA with so much talent around him.
0: Yeah, I, it just seems like he drives without a plan. Yep. But you see that a lot from from freshmen that are just used to being bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic than their peers. And now college basketball is such a older game now, so you're playing against guys that can be – four or five years older even six years older in in some cases and so i think that 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 is a big adjustment but the nba is going to be be an even bigger adjustment because some of the guys are 10 to 15 years older all right when we return i definitely got to get your opinion on brandon miller who has despite this hot start that he's off to has still been a pretty divisive prospect so i definitely want to get your thoughts on brandon miller But I got to let the audience know about prize picks. And prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And if you're wondering how it works, you just pick two to six players and you pick if they will go score more or less than their prize picks projection. So you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against people, it's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, which includes. NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, women's college basketball. I mean, I can go on. They even have esports. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. If you are a first-time user, if you are a first time user, you can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKED ON. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. And that is for first time users. All right, once again, this is Rafael Barlow with my guest, Max Feldman. We have to talk about Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller has got off to a sizzling start. And Brandon Miller's a guy that I, I think that if you were high on him coming into the season, then every reason you were high on him, he has shown, like, see, this is why I was high on him. If you were so, so, or 50-50 on him, you're probably like, All right. Once the shooting isn't there, once he's not knocking down 50 percent of his threes, these concerns are going to expose themselves. And he's not as good as advertised. And then you can throw in the age, which I saw. I forgot
1: which game it was.
0: Did you see the game where Bill Walton kind of threw a little shot at him in his age? Did you see that?
1: I didn't hear that. No.
0: Yeah. So I guess he must have just had a birthday. And so the other commentator was like, just turned 20 years old. And Bill Walton says, 20 years old. How old were you when you were a freshman? the guy says, 17. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't remember if Walton said anything like that, but the point was made, like, this guy is old for, yep. for, for his class. So it was definitely a little bit of shot at, at him. But prior to the North Carolina game, he had been spectacular. I mean, he was – getting up threes from a high volume. And he was making over 50% of his threes. So what were your thoughts on Brandon Miller prior to the season? And has he moved up on, you know, like your personal big board, if you have one, but has he moved up or done anything in your opinion to improve his draft stock?
1: Yeah. So definitely a divisive guy. I love the dialogue around him. He's been super interesting to just watch overall early on, but Coming into the year, I had him around the 30 mark. Um, was definitely, 30. yeah, it was definitely lower on him the most. <laughs> okay. Um, and like you mentioned, he's definitely risen for me, obviously, because the shooting output has been so impressive. Um, at the high school level, EYBL specifically, when uh, he, he had a very good summer, um, was super dynamic in the mid range, and that was kind of his calling card and didn't consistently space it out to the three-point arc. That was a little bit of a question mark. Definitely not a question mark now. He's been blazing hot, so that's been extremely impressive. Um, But the rim stuff is super, super concerning for me. Um, He was 50%, I want to say, at the rim before this game, and was very, very bad um, at the rim tonight against UNC. had one miss layup at the end of the game that nearly blew them the game, and then I think they went to another additional overtime after that. but. Um, yeah that's been a big concern I think the age thing is I'm a big proponent of age stuff I think it's extremely important so definitely uh, concerning stuff definitely risen obviously I'm not one of those I'm not top five top ten on him but it's been impressive this the shooting start and the output on that I'm very intrigued to see how that progresses or how that falls off but it's been impressive stuff from the perimeter but the interior stuff is extremely concerning
0: all right, so you are a person that is very high on watching a guy's high school film and using that as a projection for basically maxim- maximizing their strengths in the NBA. So in, in high school, he did a lot of his damage from the mid-range. Yep. Now, I haven't really seen a lot of mid-range damage or scoring from him so far this season. It's been mostly threes.
1: I think that's a product also of Alabama. They, okay, that's they, what I was gonna they, ask you. Yeah. They don't take the mid range too. So I think that is also a piece of it.
0: So is that part of the reason why he's outside of the you know sensational shooting from three? Is that part of the reason why he has climbed up your your personal list a little bit? Because you see that he is a a two level score, minus, you know. I mean, of course you want a three level score, but you see that you think that he can be a two level score in the NBA?
1: Yeah, I think he's moving up for me just because the progression of a shot. It looks more fluid, and he's knocking it down with a ton of fluidity. I think it's been primarily off the catch. Would love to see some more pull-up stuff where he was pretty good from the mid-range at the, at the EYBL level, so um, that's an interesting piece of it, and obviously the Alabama stuff not being able to do much of that from that area is interesting fit-wise, but um the the lack of finishing and the lack of efficiency when he gets to the rim, which he doesn't really have a problem with getting there. It's just getting knocked off balance. He gets displaced super easily when he's met with contact. He's usually not going to make the layup, especially going left. So that's been concerning stuff. I think that and the shooting efficiency, that plus and the lack of rim efficiency kind of um, evens out. And he's he's risen for me, but not to the degree of top three top five probably closer to top 20 (laughs) so he's still
0: he's still like outside of the lottery which i mean i've seen i think kevin o'connor said he's third wild you know for me (sighs) if i had to do a board right now i think i'd have him in the top five because if he shoots 50 percent from three at six nine which i don't think it's possible that he's going to shoot 50% from three but if he shoots 45% from three all right let's say he even shoots the same percentage from three that Jabari Smith shot last year and I've seen some people weirdly comparing them I think they're totally totally I've seen that too and I don't understand that (laughs) totally different players now I get that Jabari was two years younger give or take (laughs) two years younger or whatever so I, I don't think that um and then of course you know with with with, with I don't think that um that Miller has a chance to to be the number one pick like Jabari, like everybody thought Jabari would be. Mm-hmm. But let's say he shoots forty six percent from three for this season. Would you put him in your in your top ten, or do you don't do you just not believe that the shooting fifty percent from three is
1: sustainable? I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, I don't think it'll it'll stay at that same um level throughout the whole year. That would be probably pretty historic probably break some records with that but yeah i mean if he continues to shoot at an overall like very high level regardless of the exact number he's going to continue to rise but i think there are uh, issues that have come with it early on and i think sorting those things out would probably be even more uh important for me to track rather than the shooting up if he sticked above 38 40 percent and really raise that efficiency at the rim That would be probably even more important.
0: All right. Last question on Brandon Miller. If you were in charge of his development, how would you fix his issues at the rim? Or what do you think is the biggest problem why he's not an efficient finisher around the basket?
1: The other thing that I forgot to mention that has been impressive development-wise has been his handle. Um, It's been better than I think I expected coming in. In terms of development moving forward, it's just strength stuff, in my opinion. He really just doesn't have the, whether it's core strength, lower body strength, he's obviously super wiry, but there are wiry guys who are good finishers. And I think for him, it's just when he's met with contact, he loses balance so quickly and that balance spirals up to his finishing ability, whether it's just, uh, whether he's in the trees or it's one one big man, one on-ball defender that he's bumped off his line with the lack of efficiency and the ability to finish those what look like easy looks and his ability to get there has been impressive. Um, I think it's just going to be about adding strength and being able to weather those bumps and maintain his driving lanes.
0: I mean, that sounds pretty fixable, but <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have you on throughout the year to, to get your your opinions on, on Brandon Miller, because I think he's going to be divisive, all year long. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm definitely going to be keeping track of that. All right. I'm just going to name some freshmen. All right. And then just one word, tell me if you think that they've been about as good as, or or you think they've been as good as expected, or they've been disappointing, or mm-hmm. if you have another one word answer, you can feel free to use that. All right, let's start with Derek Whitehead. We can put an asterisk by him because he's coming off an injury, but I know you're high on Whitehead. What have your thoughts been on him in in one word? Patient. Okay. (laughs) All right. Keontae George.
1: The playmaking has been surprising.
0: Hayson Wallace.
1: Exactly what I expected.
0: Jairus Walker.
1: Want more volume offensively. Grady Dick. Exactly what I expected.
0: (laughs) Filipowski. Kyle Filipowski from
1: Duke. Just up and down.
0: You think he's been up and down?
1: (laughs) I think there's been super impressive moments. I think there's been moments that are a little head scratching in terms of just shooting above his weight and making some ill-advised decisions, but um, definitely been some impressive moments to go with it.
0: Julian Phillips
1: uh impressed impressive stuff gg jackson extremely impressive
0: all right two more chris livingston
1: i don't think he's worth uh tracking at this stage <laughs> to be honest
0: <laughs> jordan walsh
1: um, settling in i think uh just confidence in finding his role on this Team kind of was going to be something that took time coming in. Um, that was expected, and I think just needs more time to settle in and find a role.
0: I one more, I don't know if I said one more last time, but adem bona.
1: Um, relatively what I expected. He's had some uh moments that were a little bit more impressive than I expected, but um he's been good for the most part, I think.
0: He's someone that I've been a little bit disappointed with his development and maybe because i lived in turkey yeah and i've been watching him since he was like 14 years old yeah and he to me is the same exact player
1: i can get as, on, i can get on board with that i understand that
0: yeah he's i mean he was raw i mean he played on a team with Alperen Şengün at the under 18s and i think he may have been 16 at the time but he was someone that made flashes you know these athletic plays i mean he'll grab a rebound out of his area He'll come out of nowhere, block a shot. He'll run the floor. And he was so raw when I first saw him in 2019. And it's 2022. He came to high school in the States to get better. And I feel like he's still raw. Every Mm -hmm. once in a while, he'll show that he can face up and he'll drive left. And he'll make a, a play every once in a while. Yeah. But not enough. So I think his development has... Um, It just hasn't been what I expected. Well, man, thank you so much. I I appreciate you. You're coming on, always offering your your insight. And so I definitely have you on again because the results have been good. I mean, I've gotten good feedback about having you on. So I definitely want to have you on again. And thank you, the listener, for making it's Locked on NBA Big Board Podcast, your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out Locked on Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow with my co-host, Max Feldman. Max, let the audience know where they can find you on Twitter.
1: Yeah, my Twitter is at MaxFeldman6.
0: Alright, Max Feldman 6. Again, if you're not following Max, you have to follow him. I mean, he breaks it down. Especially when it comes to the grassroots guys. If there's a a freshman that I don't know about, and I mean, it can be like a guy that was ranked outside of the top 100. And if I need to find out about him after he had a big game, I shoot a text to Max and he gives me the whole rundown. So Max Feldman 6 is one of your best follows if you are a hoops junkie. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow with Max Feldman. We are out.